0: And when I worked at my normal job, I felt like everything was hard. I felt restricted and like my energy was being sucked dry. Fridays, I could barely muster up any strength at night to even hang with my family. I was on E all the time. There was an exact moment. It was almost two years ago. And at the time, I was working in a high stress, always on environment with a boss that was really mercurial and was actually really humiliating and and often belittling. He would say things like, If you're calling me to ask how to help, you're not helping, and countless WDF phrases that just felt like shit. And I often wondered, How the hell did I get here? Why is this happening to me? I'm a strong woman. Why is this happening to me? And during the pandemic, like the rest of the world, I was so burned out. I desperately needed a break in 2020 and something lovely to look forward to. And we had, I mean, you know, in 2020 and the pandemic, it was just, it, it just felt like this never ending thing of, problems that, you know, was there any end in sight? And we had canceled several vacation plans that year, but I had planned our family trip with another family at their beach house in Florida. We were going to drive and it felt like paradise there. I was going to take a week to relax and finally enjoy some much needed time in a sunny and beautiful setting. I could not wait to feel good or at least just to maybe get a break from all of that anxiety that, you know, frankly, we all felt. But that was not to be. I've been in corporate sales for a long time, almost 20, well, 20 years, 20, 20 plus years. And right before I left for my vacation, a customer that had been dormant for a very long time popped up and said, we're ready to negotiate. Let's meet next week. So, my week off turned into every day full of unplanned emergency meetings about and with the customer. And they weren't like, you know what, I'm just going to take a call on Tuesday at three. It was the whole time. And my son and daughter would beg me, mommy, please come to the pool. I really want to play with you. And my boss would call me while I was at the beach and I would see his name pop up and my heart would just sink. Not now, not again, not you. He would sternly order me to put together PowerPoint decks. We would schedule strategic calls and he would get pissy when I reminded him I'm on vacation and he would begrudgingly handle some of it himself. And that feeling of burnout, it turned into full-blown despair. Every day, my heart would tell me, this is not where I belonged. And I had this gnawing feeling that the clock was ticking on my ability to make a change and an impact in my life. I mean, now I'm in my later 40s. But at the time, I couldn't see a way out. I would beg my husband, Chris, can I please quit? He said, of course, as soon as you find a way to make some more predictable income, quit. And with kids, a mortgage, bills, and life, quitting my job cold turkey just wasn't an option. So I just kept going through tough work hours and adrenaline spikes every time my boss would message me. And I remember feeling, especially on this vacation, I remember the sinking feeling that maybe this was all there was for me. I would always get mad at myself for not feeling like it was enough. Kids are fed, my husband and I are happy together. Both of our incomes are important to our household and we were making it work. Why wasn't it enough? And that freaking gnawing feeling all the time. For years, I've had so many ideas that I've pursued. I have some clearly defined talents and skills and certainly passion that I was probably using 5% of during my work hours. And I've been podcasting where this podcast is actually gonna be three years old in May. And I've been blogging and writing a lot. I've pitched TV shows idea show ideas. I began building an building an app to help expectant mothers have a better birth experience. I started a side hustle to teach people how to podcast and even launched a second podcast around that. And I stumbled on a random dance class in 2020 and fell in love with that format, and I became an instructor six months later. I've gotten to masterminds, coaching programs, retreat, retreats, therapy, healers, anything to help me cope with this relentless feeling that this corporate life just didn't feel like me. You know, even as I'm saying this out loud, I wondered if I was just trying to find any escape hatch that would feel more aligned. And last year I had an opportunity to go to, to another company, get out from under that boss, something I'm familiar with, and I knew I could do it. And they're both high-tech software as a service sales roles. An opportunity for a clean slate. And while there were similar selling motions and a similar culture, The opportunity to make more money quicker was there and for a different boss that hopefully was better. And I had a choice. I could go the safe route and go to this other company, or I could go all in on my podcast business that I was just starting to get up and running and just go for it. And I took the safe route. I took the safe route. Let me just give it one more shot and see if I can make this work maybe continue proving out these business ideas on the side where I'd be in a better position to make a choice financially. Long story short, I gave it my all. I was going to do my very best to try and make it work while my heart and passions were in the creative pursuits that I'd been running for so long. And when I worked at my normal job, I felt like everything was hard. I felt restricted and like my energy was being sucked dry. Fridays, I could barely muster up any strength at night to even hang with my family. I was on E all the time. I just needed to recharge. Week after week, month after month, and it was becoming so much more obvious that I couldn't do this much longer. It felt like trying to fit a star into a square container. When I would work on my podcast, and you know what? As I'm thinking about the star, like the star in a square container, it felt like trying to take the points of the star and shave them off and just kind of squish them and put them in this box. And it just didn't feel right. But when I would work on my podcast or write or dance, everything felt expansive and ideas would flow with ease. I was so motivated and I had these bursts of energy. It felt like I had a purpose and a place that was so much more aligned but all of those pursuits were not paying me shit. I mean, they were giving me life and all, but not really covering my Botox expenses. You know what I mean? So something happened in December and then January, December of 2021 and January of 2022. So this past January. December, I went to the She Sells Retreat in Sedona. And I made a promise to myself during that retreat with these amazing women that I was going to bet on myself this year and I was going to go for it. I didn't know how it was going to happen or frankly, if, you know, I, it was going to happen. Could I get the courage or figure out some way to get off this, this crazy drain? And on January 7th of this year, I scheduled a tarot reading with Kelly Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, you'll know that Kelly's tarot readings to me are 100% legit. I do like going to energy healers from time to time, And and usually that's when all of the normal traditional past, I just couldn't find answers. And I would say that I take as much advice from them as I would a horoscope, general and vague. And I guess I could convince myself that it's a sign from the universe to go this way or that, but... I don't put a ton of stock on it, but Kelly is different. Her first reading with me was 2017. And with one reading, the first reading I did with her, she reversed the disordered eating and body dysmorphia that I had struggled with for years, like reversed it. I've recorded every single reading with her since and everything she says has always come true like that. And if you're like, what? Keep listening. I'm going to play the last five minutes of the last reading for you to hear exactly what she said. So keep listening. It will be at the end. And I also love Kelly because her style isn't very esoteric. She's not like, you know, all airy fairy. She's not like I sense a beat. You know a Brady or a Brody or a Brayden. She's not like that. She's more practical and speaks in plain language, often with many F-bombs as if your best friend is sitting across the table from you telling you what you need to hear. Anyway, so I sat down with Kelly over Zoom and I let out a big sigh and said, Kelly, it's always the same thing. Year over year, my job. I want to pursue all this creative stuff and my husband won't let me quit until I have other sources of predictable income. What do I do? She starts pulling the cards and she says, Alison, you're not the problem. You've already done the work for years and you're ready. You need to get your husband on board. When you make a change this big, you need your support. And it reminded me of something my frequent guest and friend, Cindy Robinson, told me in private when I talked about leaving my corporate job and she said, "Allison, you can totally do this. You already have a stable foundation. And when all the dollar signs race through my head of, no, you don't understand. I've got to have this amount of income flowing to feel safe, blah, 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 blah. She said, no, you and your husband's life and relationship is strong. That's far more important than the temporary instability you'll feel while you figure it out. So back to the tarot card reading, she gave me a timeline and steps to take. So much detail. I can't wait for you to hear it. I was so desperate in this moment to figure out a way to make this leap. And one thing she did say is that it wouldn't serve me to figure out what that thing is that I would do until I am free from the job. Until I have space to receive since I'm so clenched and stressed all the time. Holy shit. What? So that day I talked to Chris, my husband, and I begged him in tears, please let me quit. Let me do this. It is impacting my mental health. I feel like I'm going to break. I need you to trust in me. I need you to believe in me. And Chris is very risk-averse and cautious in nature. And actually, I think that's one of the many things I'm attracted to about him is because I can go off and do all these wild things and he's kind of stable and predictable when it comes to finances and his job. But this was crazy talk in his world. We talked through financial scenarios and timing. We talked through lifestyle adjustments. I begged him to trust me and that I was scared shitless too. But we could do it. And he saw my face and my sheer breakdown. And he said, Okay, I get it. I support you. Go do it. I even had him watch the playback of the tarot reading. And I'll tell you, uh, I probably had the best weekend of my life after that. I felt like a weight was lifted. I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I felt lighter and there was hope, but that was back in January. I had to get to April 11 of this year when my stocks would vest until I could leave. I mean, we're trying to be sensible here. And I put a countdown timer on my phone, 94 days, 94 days. How am I going to make it through? Could I make some money in the meantime? Could I close a bunch of business? Do as good of a job as I can and stay under the radar. And I counted down the days until I could truly, truly start a new life. So I've been keeping the secret publicly all year long. I go through moments of sheer panic of what the fuck am I doing? Am I going to screw up my family? And I've actually taken that last five minutes of that tarot reading And I've made listening to it part of my morning ritual every single day since. Moments where we would consider a trip away and my husband would be like, what are you doing? We we can't go on that trip. We need to conserve it all. And my mother, my mother beat it into my head. Allison, never rely on a man for money. Always make your own. Would I be betraying her? My identity has always been wrapped in productivity, how much I can earn, and I've always been so proud to be a working mother. I love to work and I genuinely love earning money. What am I going to do all day? I would say one of the hardest things about this to consider is not making any decisions about what happens after I leave. I've been so tempted to push through and pursue an avenue any avenue that's interesting. But every time I would stop myself and I had Kelly's voice in my head saying, I know it's going to be scary as shit, but you need the space and time away from your job first to be clear on where to go next. Yikes. I am so type A, so productivity minded. I'm a three on the Enneagram spectrum. I generally don't stop moving. I'm like a freaking shark. But I'm getting the intuitive sense that the more I sit still and be quiet will be the greatest lesson and will reap the biggest rewards. So before I get too zen on that, what do you think I'll do? I'm serious. I'm totally open to suggestions. You can email me directly at allison at allisonhair.com or DM me on the socials. Maybe it's a collaborative partnerships partnership, but I'll tell you some of the ideas I've been thinking about. First, this podcast. Is it going to be a piece of the puzzle or the centerpiece? I don't know. I do know that I want to reach more people. And that would require you, the listener, texting these episodes to your friends. It's like the Netflix effect. There is so much programming on Netflix, but the one that rises to the top are the shows that are talked about and shared. Because generally, they don't do a lot of advertising. And it's the same thing for podcasting. If there's something that moves you or a topic you think could help some friends, I would ask you to do two things for me. The first is to write a review if your listening app supports that option. Apple Podcasts, CastBox, several others have it. Be specific about an episode that stood out to you and and write something really quickly and maybe how it might have helped or have been thought provoking. And when you leave a review, it really helps people decide whether they want to listen or not in a sea of a zillion podcasts. Just carving out two minutes would mean the world to me and would instantly give you good karma. If you did that and maybe tag me in a screenshot of it, I can share on my networks too. Or if you prefer to listen on Spotify, you can now leave a five-star review, which I so appreciate. The second thing is to text your friends about the show or episode or post it on your sho- socials. You can think about when, well, I mean, first what I would do is open the podcast, maybe scroll through some of the the uh, titles and maybe there's something that stands out and you're like, oh yeah, I had a conversation with Shelly about that. She, ne- she could really use that. That would be helpful. And You know, like think about when somebody emphatically posts about an episode that moved them or changed them. If it's a topic you're interested in or could help you, it not only gets on your radar, but it motivates you to listen. Same thing here. And I've had so many ideas on how to grow this podcast, but with my full-time job, I haven't had bandwidth to follow through. It's exhausting to think about, okay, here's another avenue. I'm going to go full force when I had so much in the air. But now that I'll be fun employed, I wanted to make the experience interactive and build a community. And one thing you may or may not know about me, um, if you've met me in person, you'll probably know I am a super connector. In fact, on my finder test, connectedness is my number one trait. There is nothing that brings me more joy than helping people find each other connectedness is number one. Woo is number two. And I forget what the third one is. But like people, like connecting people, people you don't know you needed to know. But once you do, your life has changed. I used to host these gatherings, usually in my home where I'd bring super interesting people together. And have incredibly insightful, meaningful conversations. And these connections would literally change people. So to me, it's kind of like a drug. So I opened up a Discord uh, server for culture changers. And I would bet there are people you have been searching for, maybe even praying for, people to befriend or collaborate with or marry, or future business partners, or investors, people that need to meet you. You just haven't had that access yet. And maybe there is an idea waiting for you from just kind of talking to somebody that'll spark something completely different that you've been looking for. And I want to build a bridge for you. So, if you go to allisonhair.com and sign up for my emails, I'll send you my Discord server invitation and let you be one of the founding members of this new community of super connections. Discord is kind of like Slack. It's an app, but it's free. And I will have different channels and prompts to help bring the right folks together and be a place to have meaningful dialogue that will, in fact, change the culture. I am new to Discord, so I haven't fully built out the concept yet. But I do know you want to be a part of it but in terms of the business side of podcasting, I could take it in three directions, maybe all three. One is to invest more in advertising it. I've had great results advertising on CastBox banner, cast banner ads or through other methods. And the truth is my network can only go so far until I put myself in front of new networks of people that could really benefit. Networks that probably wouldn't have known about me. They just couldn't. There's just such a plethora. And so sometimes you have to pay to, to kind of be put in front of those people. It's so worth it. I mean, think about Chick-fil-A has paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to make sure you know who they are. Um, And you think about them often. And it's the same thing here. And I mean, my podcast is called Culture Changers. How do you change a culture? Do you know how? It's you. It's you finding your place in the story. That's where I want to make my mark with you. I've looked into hiring a PR agent. Here's why I love this avenue. I don't know that I've ever said this publicly, but my ultimate goal is to be on TV and connecting to an even broader audience. Not necessarily as a news journalist. I think all that stuff is so negative, but more as a cultural commentator. A PR agent could get me on CNN as a commentator or Vox's Explained, one of the best shows out there, or or Goop, or the crown jewel of all crown jewels, be on CBS Sunday morning. (sighs) So from a credibility perspective, having that kind of exposure, this path can help accelerate the credentials and go bigger. And the third is to build a powerful community that gets shit done together. So that's the podcast. I built a TV show idea that I've pitched around and gotten great feedback if I want to keep exploring that. And I have my blog where I send out weekly personal journal style emails. While I haven't done a great job growing the list as fast as I probably should, you guys are opening and reading it at a ridiculously high rate, which I am so grateful for, like almost unheard of week after week. And I love when you hit reply and let me know your thoughts or how it affected you. Perhaps I could keep writing or write a book. And then there's dance. I stumbled on the dance class, like I mentioned, in essentially early 2020 called Rebel, Rebel Groove. And I can't explain it. I have no dance background, I am not particularly coordinated, but it gripped me so tightly. I felt, I instantly felt this rush. Like a visceral physical rush that I hadn't felt before. I must have been high as a kite on dopamine, but that feeling kept coming back every time I came or listened to the music or thought about it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And even though I was tripping all over myself in class and very slow to pick up the choreography, The only way I can explain it is that I got such an intense sense that I knew something was changing my life about this. I became a rebel instructor in six months during the pandemic. I mean, we were all stuck at home and I was able to dance while all the studios were closed with their on-demand platform. And I started thinking, how can I bring this feeling of freedom and joy to other people's bodies? People that don't think they're good dancers or don't think they can do it what if they could? I mean, their bodies are capable. Why not? So, maybe I open my own studio or create a wellness brand that includes physical movement and intentional, real rest. So, I started teaching my own class in January of this year, and I'm working with other rebel instructors on building our own communities through Atlanta. I could become a business coach and kind of freelance. I don't know. I mean… So I have all of these options, right? And I mean, I want to remind you, as I felt this intense cognitive dissonance at work for years, everything at work felt like trying to swim through mud. It didn't feel like me any longer, and I just couldn't fake it anymore. And I often wonder if the bad boss was put in my life to show me, okay, how much are you going to take and how bad does it have to feel before you make a move? And also, I think it's important to point out that while this mud swimming at work and crappy boss thing was happening, I don't know anything else but to blame myself. I wondered if I was just not cut out for the job, not good enough, not smart enough, not hungry enough to keep going after it. And after a while, it started to feel like I was just trying to study and focus and as hard as I could for the medical boards, but I had no interest in pursuing medicine So what's the point? It was all for a paycheck. And I felt myself always reaching for distractions because I couldn't take how bad it felt to feel so dumb or incompetent or not being able to perform at the highest level anymore. I would try hard to focus and tell myself, just focus harder, take more notes, maybe you'll get it and it will all click. And the distractions would be like a necessary break, like I needed it. I needed a break. I needed breaks, lots of breaks because I could, it was just too much that I would have to take constantly. I would stress eat. I would get up just to find more food or chips or whatever, grab my phone for mindless social scrolling just because I needed that break. I'd be afraid to look at my phone usage as it would just be stupid embarrassing or going to get up and get a snack. And this is happening 50 to 60 hours a week. And while I was driven to distraction, I wouldn't allow myself to go for a walk or focus on other stuff too intensely. I felt too guilty. I was at work. I needed to work. Beating myself and feeling my energy just bottom out. It was an unrecoverable resource that I could literally feel my soul being sucked dry without any ability to regenerate. A net energy loss, as my friend Renee Hall has called it. It turns out I was in an abusive relationship with myself. Have you ever felt this way? Is it just me? It actually feels good to say this out loud to you. I feel like I've been in this prison of cycling thoughts. And I'm sure you can probably tell by my cadence of like happiness but like prison and feeling trapped and then feeling free and feeling good and all of that stuff. It was just crazy, this back and forth. And the reason why I'm painting this picture of my reality is because while I felt this depleting energy, on the flip side, I found Rebel Dance it had helped me build so much courage and confidence. I mean, I've always had a healthy amount of confidence, but to actually spread my wings and do something about it in a very real way, I swear, we can be so fucking cruel to ourselves. Keeping myself small is no longer an option. And honestly, it shouldn't be for any of us, especially women. Women. Especially women who are taught not to take up space. Ladies, can we please be mindful to take up more space? Spread your arms wide. And I started to hit my stride with this podcast when I started to make it personal for you. I've uh, and and if you've listened to past podcast episodes or been listening to it for a while, I made a big change to do these mini series in uh, the fall of last year, in 2021. And I've always had the most fascinating and interesting guests and topics over the past three years. But the only time I heard from you was when the topics were about how you felt. Like we were in each other's heads. The moment I started to make culture change personal, like your secret thoughts that were either, you would either never acknowledge out loud or even know they were there that's when you reach out and say, wow, I struggle with this too. Whether it's about sex or belonging or your adult friendships or your complex relationships with your families or even more fun topics like everyday cults we may or may not be a part of. all of these thoughts we never talk about is what is driving our culture one way or another. And that's when you started speaking up and sharing this with your friends. So it's been this clear, light, and dark, hard or easy. That's what she said. Ugh, I couldn't help it. I'm still 15. But trapped or liberating, restrictive or expansive, safe or unsafe, a clear yes or no in my body. And while I don't have answers at all for what's next, I do have enough clarity to feel yes or no. Could it be leaning and trusting in my intuition? Probably. I've actually been really taking very, very careful consideration of the people I associate with and spend time with. And I'm primarily extroverted. I genuinely love people, but I've started to sense that not everyone is good for me right now. Or good to be around. And while they might be great people, I am taking a stance to fiercely protect myself and surround myself with people who are truly supportive, have good intentions, and give me energy. I am honing in on the people where where we have a mutually expansive relationship together. No more surface bullshit. Although I can play that game for a short amount of time, it's really draining. But I've been so freaking sensitive to people that make me feel smaller or bigger. How do I feel about myself in your presence? And by the way, that's kind of the definition of charisma. Do people feel bigger uh, when they're around you? And I hope that people feel bigger around me. That is my hope that I can uh, be that person. But if I'm with the wrong people, no, that's not going to happen. And oddly, this topic is something that has come up more than anything else in my regular everyday conversations that you're struggling with as well. And maybe that's where I leave it uh, for now. Small or big? Expansive or restrictive? Yes or no? And I'll leave you with this. As promised, I'm going to play you the last five minutes of that fateful tarot reading. And I am so tickled to hear, for you to hear what you guys think of it, because it is probably going to be so different than what you're expecting. And I hope that you reach out to me and tell me. But before I do, we, uh, we can see together if there is any truth to this gut feeling I have. And I get the sense that all of the options I mentioned before may be part of the puzzle, but I think there might be something even greater I just haven't encountered yet.
1: Okay, let's see what's, I'm going to give you next steps to how to get there. We're going to do a little bit of a path to how to get there. And um, let's just see, path to how to get out of this. Okay, path, let's be clear. Path, 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 path. In order, path in order, path in order. So I want you to I want to give you steps. I'll give you six steps. It's more steps than I normally make. Right. Girl, I think if you leave within three to four months, you won't be you will land into something that will make you as much money or more than what you're doing. I really do believe you. I really do. And it might be that you take some sort of part-time job that you enjoy, but it gives you like a, you know, or a consultant kind of situation or whatever. But I mean, your path to leaving is super clear and I'm seeing this wheel of fortune card again. So it's almost like within three months, you land something that will give you steady income. And by six months, like that magic destiny kind of situation comes up for you. You really only need six months. So to get like fully into it. So I would figure out, and I don't think, I don't think you're going to do yourself a service from what I'm seeing here, figuring out what that thing is. I think it needs to be delivered to you. And I think it gets delivered to you when you have the space to be receptive and not clenched all the time. That was what my next question was. Yeah. Should I keep seeking and trying to figure out? I don't think you, it's going to be scary as shit. You're going to get a clear plan. At the start of month three, and then it goes, here's the deal. This is, this is the path for you. Number one, and the first two steps for you are really easy. It's celebrating and enjoying your success of what you've built so far. This is not leaving with your tail between your legs. This is leaving with like a sense of fucking victory, like not just of this job, but like the decades of experience of what you've accumulated that you get to bring with you in your next venture. And it's showing like really marking it as like a milestone. Like this is going to be a year that you go back to like 10 years from now. And there's other years like that you might have in your life where you're like, God, 1996, what a pivotal year. I'm just making that up, but whatever, this is going to be like one of those. I said 96, I think I graduated middle school or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's like leaving with a sense of levity and elation into this new phase, not like with fear and like, Oh, I'm a failure or something like that. Then it's like month three, we have this three of wands. Again, this is you being super clear on your vision and what you want, but you free up before you get the vision, unfortunately. And that's like the test of your faith. And then we see the 10 of pentacles month four. This is like the maximum card for money. So if you're worried about money, it's like Bullshit. Unfortunately, I am not. You're losing more money not leaving this job than staying in this job. You know what I'm saying? Because you're losing the potential money and you're already saying that your revenue or your income is going down and down. It's like you're actually putting yourself in a worse financial position by staying. I don't know if your husband will believe it, but that's what these cards are saying. So then you, you either start making the money or the idea for the money comes rolling in. The next month, the three of pentacles is like you start to build a foundation again, like a new foundation that is aligned, not this foundation of sales or whatever. You might be using those skills, but who knows? And then it's like, just when you think, oh, I've got it figured out, there's something even better that comes. It's beyond your imagination. So you kind of get a little bit of a practical foundation laid and then like the fucking superhuman shit happens. you got to, you got to just do it and it's going to feel fucking scary, but be scared and do it anyway. You don't have to not be scared, but you do have to do it.
0: Does that make sense? Yes. I love this. (laughs) I love that we ended on this and not my boss.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Be scared and do it anyway. I'm sure someone famous has said that. I'm sure I didn't just like make it up but that's like your motto that could be a mantra for you like acknowledge i'm scared as shit you can say to your husband you're probably terrified too but we gotta do it anyway so what's the deal like what's the plan how do we make this happen how do we trust ourselves and not for anything you could always go back to a city shitty i guess what i'm saying is you wouldn't won't have to but like you could always go back to a city shitty sales job So I would listen to this last part of this reading like every morning. (laughs) I will, I will. And just be scared and do it anyway. And then you'll start to get evidence that you don't need to be scared because the universe is gonna keep showing up for you.
0: So if you know someone or have an idea or want to collaborate or partner on an idea that is sparked for you from this conversation, I'm open to consider, I'm open to receive, I'm just open. DM me, email me, connect with me at com. But whatever you do, please consider where your place is in the story of changing a culture. And maybe, just maybe, we can make our marks together.